0: On this episode of Nurses' Voices, we will be discussing nurse entrepreneurship and how one nurse reinvented herself after she left a 25-year career in home healthcare. This is Nurses' Voices. Nurses' Voices is sponsored by Pfizer Canada. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association. Welcome to Nurses' Voices. I'm Mary Wheeler. And I'm Gail Donner. Entrepreneurship is still an uncommon career path for nurses. Gail and I started our business 30 years ago, providing professional development opportunities for nurses. At that time, there were very few nurse entrepreneurs across Canada, and there was, and probably still is, an unease within the nursing community of nurses charging for their services. The landscape is changing and we now see nurse entrepreneurs in various businesses, from consulting, to program design and facilitation, to service delivery to patients, to product development, to name just a few. Our guest today realized, as she says, that she had a passion for guiding, supporting, and directing family members in their role as caregivers. She's going to talk to us about the significant career moves she made from employee to business owner and about her unique business. Entrepreneurship is about innovation, about seeing problems as opportunities, and about changing the world. That is the career path our guest is on. Karen Lake is a registered nurse with a degree in nursing and is a caregiving consultant and care navigator working in Fredericton, New Brunswick. In her business, she supports people as they navigate the complex issues of caring for a family member. Your decision to move from employee to employer to business owner is an interesting story, and I'm wondering if we could begin there.
1: Like a lot of other nurses, I worked in a lot of different areas, medical, surgical, spent some time in ICU in an unconscious effort to find what was really my niche in nursing. I really got onto it when I began working in the community. For me, I really enjoyed the independence that community nursing brought. I always knew my team was still there with me, but I just loved being able to nurse people in their own homes and all the connections that you make when you're working in the community and all those resources that kind of become your team, kind of become your coworkers. And so I just really, I really loved working in the community. And that is where I really got to know my clients the best and where I got to know the families that looked after them. I was working for many years in a management position. I I did move from field nurse to management position. I was spinning a lot in that job. There was a lot to do, (laughs) probably not enough hours in the day to do it. I was working really hard, really spinning my wheels and not, not really realizing I was burning out and really becoming an employee that I wasn't really happy with, and I don't think my employer was really happy with either, but I didn't realize that I was burning out. I just kind of kept going to work every day, nose to the grindstone, just hoping that each day would be okay, that I would get through the day. I wasn't really taking very good care of myself. I was grumpy, irritable, (laughs) just not a healthy me. And then one day I was told that that wasn't the place for me anymore. So I was fired and it was a huge shock to me. Yeah, like really upsetting for sure and really embarrassing. It's, it's, a, it's a really difficult thing to go through, a traumatic thing to go through. I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. I was ashamed and I kind of had to ask myself, like, what do I do now? Like, what do I, what am I going to do now? And actually a little trepidation to even sort of re-enter another workplace. When you experience challenges at one workplace with one work team, you're kind of, I I remember interviewing for another job probably too soon uh, afterwards, didn't even give myself time to process. And I I just remember thinking, you know, is this going to be the workplace for me? Am I going to fit in here or am I going to have some of those same challenges here? And then it was in speaking with a friend who was providing me some support. And she said, Karen, like, don't you remember that you always talked about having your own business? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And it was almost like it just sort of lit, um, sort of like, I'll call it a candle of hope in me that I had something to work towards. And so I really started working really hard at building my business from the ground up, and then I realized that what had happened to me was actually a gift. And, you know, I had to go through that. I had to go through those hard times, learn those lessons, deal with those challenging people, do the things that that I did to get me to where I am today. So now I see it as a gift. At the time, I couldn't have said that, but that's all in the learning of it, right? And I'm very grateful to that friend who I think was placed in my path at that time to remind me. So what is your business? I gave myself the title Care Navigator, At a time when people didn't really know, and some people still don't really uh, clearly understand navigation. I don't consider myself a systems navigator, like a healthcare systems navigator. And I don't consider myself a patient advocate, but I certainly think that advocacy comes into play a lot. And it is valuable to have a, a working knowledge of the health systems for sure. A care navigator really is just a person like myself who is well-versed in the community and in the health system as a registered nurse, I just help families to navigate all the complex issues that come with caring for a family member. And it could be their spouse that's not well, or it could be their mom and dad that are aging, or it could even be a disabled child. It's really helping them get through whatever those challenges might be. It could be the emotional strain and stress that comes with caregiving, or it could be knowing what's even available to me as I'm trying to care for my aging parents. It's very uh, client-specific, family-specific, what each family needs. I never know when families call me what it is that their challenges are. So it's it's
0: leaning in and learning a bit about that. Karen, obviously within the bounds of confidentiality, I wonder, it would help, I think, if people had a little bit of an understanding of maybe an example of a client to a family that you work with and what you've been able to help them do? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, I do have several, well, several, three programs that I offer. And so when people call me with whatever their dilemma or their situation might be, I try to really listen to what it is that they're telling me. And then how is it that with what I offer and with what I do that I can help them? Sometimes it's something really simple, but oftentimes it's not that simple. Some people need one session or a couple of sessions in what I call caregiver coaching or a caregiver consultation. That would include something like maybe there's a family who has a family member in the hospital and especially during COVID, this was a common one. They were told that, you know, mom or dad is going to be released on Friday. But visitors weren't allowed in the hospital and in our area here now there's still no visitors allowed in the hospital so there were no case conferences there were no family meetings there was no meeting the doctor there was no meeting of the discharge planner and families were really lost they didn't know who can we call when can we call what should we ask what supplies would i even need It was a lot of coaching and almost like feeding families the questions that they should ask. I was advocating for them to advocate. So things like that often get covered in a caregiver coaching or consultation. And I was doing those all through COVID virtually. It worked out quite well because I was able to reach more people, I think, because there were families who were apart. But yet I could have like maybe three siblings on the screen with mom and dad. So it was really family centered. And so I really liked that. And I still continue to do them virtually now and will return obviously to doing them one-on-one in person, if that's what the person prefers. And then some clients, especially people that are coming out of hospital or who have not had any support or services, they really don't even know what's available that would support them to remain living in place in their community longer which is we know everybody's desire. So for those families, I often offer them a roadmap. I call it a roadmap or roadmap to success at home. And it really is a chance for me to get to meet the person that they care for, to meet them as a family, to see their home, to review their medications, to do a quick little safety assessment of the home, and then come up with a roadmap or some strategies that we can improve things at home, we could implement some support, some services, maybe a referral to a program, a specialist, things like that. So that's a roadmap. And then I like to stay involved with those families for three months just to make make it happen. I don't want to just drop a document and then not see it become a reality. So I, I kind of remain available to them so that uh, they can reach out to me if they have some challenges with the roadmap. And I can I can set it up if they if they want me to. And then the other program is what I call Peace of Mind, aptly called, because it's it's generally more designed for family members that don't live locally, but their mom and dad remain here. They, of course, have a lot of concern about mom and dad here when they can't be. And so they can't fly home every week. They can't fly home every month. Life has just taken some people further away, but their mom and dad remain here. So it's kind of like a monthly care monitoring it's it's very much personal it's it's me going and just having a what i call a very purposeful visit where there's conversation check-ins what's working what's not working you know checking on falls checking on nutrition status checking on their medications allowing the family members that have hired me to know you know what my observations were and if there was anything that i might recommend then then i would suggest that so I think family caregivers are the unsung heroes of the healthcare system, Mm -hmm. and I think they need to be supported and recognized and respected. That's
0: really why I do what I do. (laughs) When did you start your business? How many years ago? I ended my position in February 2015,
1: and then there was a period of time, and it was on the one-year anniversary of my termination that I actually launched my own independent practice and that was very intentional because I, I remember receiving some coaching from an entrepreneur friend of mine not in the healthcare realm but he's st- he's he's like the king of entrepreneurs and he said to me karen set a date because if you don't set a date to launch you'll just dance around it and you'll always find a reason to kind of kick the can down the road so probably the best piece of advice that he gave me and i know i've passed it on to other people was to set the date and so for me, it was kind of maybe, you know, the stake in the sand, like here I am, like I'm back. Families knew who I was. People in the community knew who I was. I felt like I was kind of like having to like kind of reestablish myself and, and reestablish my reputation and, and whatnot. So it was very intentional for me, maybe personally, that it was at the year mark. And I have to say, like there was a lot that happened in a lot that happened and a lot that didn't happen in that year. But I for, I was really fortunate to find myself in the company of really growth-minded people and entrepreneur-like people who really supported me to be able to do this and to not only establish a, a viable kind of second career, um, but to help me heal. I had to learn to take care of myself. I had to learn different practices that give me a positive mindset I had to learn to practice gratitude. I had to learn self-care because those are things that I feel a lot of nurses push to the wayside and that we just kind of tend to push through. That year between being fired and then launching myself again was was a, a time of tremendous growth uh, personally and professionally, probably more personally, because it was a lot of personal growth that I had just kind of kicked to the wayside. and. It was time to deal with it. And I like to have lots of opportunities to do different things. Currently I'm working on the development of a caregiving app. Last summer, we did the research to find out what caregivers needed and wanted. And now we're at the point where we're in the testing phase of this app. I never would have thought that I would have been doing something like that, but the caregiving consultant piece like lends to that, right? I worked on a project at St. Thomas University where they were developing a navigation tool. I was associated and and was friends with and colleagues with the lead on the project and she's like Karen you have to be a part of this project. So again it just that caregiving consultant piece just kind of opens it up to different projects that I would never have been able to do before. And it just keeps it exciting and keeps it fresh, right? So that I'm never falling into those same old, I'm like you guys, like when it gets old and boring and unhappy and tired, like I got to hang it up. But if you can kind of keep it fresh, then it kind of keeps it, kind of keeps the fire lit under you, I think.
0: To look at you and see you smile uh, clearly. Mm. It's been successful. But what have you learned about being an entrepreneur? For kind of a lot of the company
1: that I keep, which you had mentioned it earlier, the Canadian Association of Self-Employed Registered Nurses, like most of us are sole entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you don't do it alone and you can't do it alone. That would be one of my biggest learnings because I think in maybe in my previous working, I was always thinking like, I needed to do it all. I should be able to do it all. I didn't really ask for help. Even though you have your own independent practice, you still have what I call a care team. Like you still have a team around you, right? It's just, they might look a little bit differently now. You have to be willing to seek out support from other people. And it might not just because I'm a nurse doesn't mean that I go to get support from someone else who's a nurse like maybe I really need to tap into someone with a little bit different mindset, step out of the box for a little bit. Like We may be in our own practice, but we don't do it alone. I found that when I stepped into this area of entrepreneurship, it just opened up so many new relationships and connections and friendships with people that I would never have met before. That whole connectiveness has probably been one of the greatest gifts, really. It just felt right and it feels right and it supports you in the work that you do the other thing it's maybe a little bit more on the personal growth side but i would always tell everybody to listen to your intuition for many years i went to work with a little voice in my head that actually asked me karen do you really want to do this for 25 more years because realistically you know that's how long i figured i'd probably be around (laughs) and it was kind of sad. That was how I was starting my day and starting my day praying that it would be a better day, that 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 it would be a better day at the office. And I just didn't listen to that voice. I didn't take action. I didn't look for another position. I just, like so many, just stuck it out. But now I've learned to listen to that little voice, that intuition that was that's telling me like. You know, Karen, maybe that's a project that you just need to step away from right now, or maybe that's something that now's not the right time. Like if it doesn't, if it doesn't excite you, if you think it's going to drag you down, or if you're in something that you feel like doesn't really light you up, then maybe it's time to step back from that. There's a line Mary has used with
0: me for um, oh. all the years we've been. Uh, business partners and gail remember if it's not yes it's no and i i think it's it's so
1: rare in a career that you have as much freedom to be able to choose what projects that you work on there's not a lot of people that ever achieve that in their career Mm -hmm. so if you're fortunate enough to be find yourself in a position or carve that out for yourself where you can choose what projects you work on and what projects you say no to. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to achieve that. It takes a lot of work and a lot of gumption and a lot of stepping out of the box and a lot of getting uncomfortable. But a, a lot of that, I think, can come easier when you're confident and and comfortable in what you're offering. Like when you know you've got something that's good. <laughs> Um, and you
0: really believe in it? It's not hard to talk about it. What you're saying is that you have to listen to that voice. If you're not happy, you have to make a shift or you'll continue to be unhappy. We're talking about nurse entrepreneurship, but we're what we're really talking about is the sustainability of nursing and nurses needing to listen to their intuition when they're not when they're not happy and content and to reach out and be honest. One of the conclusions is that people may be unhappy in a role, but that doesn't mean you need to give up nursing. You need to be able to find where do I fit?
1: Yeah, which is so ironic because, like, that's what I was told when I was fired was that you're not a good fit. Oh, and, and yeah. And then that's, I've cut that's come back. Those same words have come back mm-hmm. uh, so many times, but it, it's so true. It has to fit for you. Yeah. And we're really lucky as nurses because as nurses, We have so much skill and experience and expertise. I think too, uh, uh, maybe a fault of nurses is that we can be perfectionists. And I remember one coach saying to me once done is better than perfect. When you have to do that presentation, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And, and done well, obviously, right? But I think as nurses, we, we do tend to be high achievers and that's not a bad thing. That, that's why, you know, what we hope for and hope for good client outcomes, patient outcomes. But I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. What's next then? Yeah. What's next for you? I've tried so many different things. And again, that's the beauty and the freedom that, that I so enjoy. I am gonna be moving into another research project I don't really know what my role is yet in that project. I just know that it's with a team from the University of New Brunswick. It's specific to the navigation for dementia caregivers. And I'm actually having a conversation with one of the people on the team this week to discuss my role in the project. So it's really exciting to me because that will be the third research project that I've been able to be a part of. I just love that. I like to keep it new and fresh. I get bored easy, I guess. I hope to get back to being able to offer another caregiver wellness retreat because I did do that in 2019. And honestly, it was the best thing I ever did. Mm. Um, It was exhausting, but I was so full. And I mean that in the best way. I was so emotionally full and satisfied when that event was over. And of course, because of uh, COVID, the last two years, I haven't been able to offer it. So I do hope to get back to offering a fall retreat. There's another project that I created with a colleague of mine in the community. And it's all about death and dying. I have both a fear and a fascination of death. And I have since I've been a younger person. And so for me, um, in order to get comfortable with that, I of course can't just read about it. I've got to create a whole thing about it. And so myself and my colleague Anne Marie do have a a side pro educational project, if you will, where we offer education to the community about death and dying. And so tomorrow is actually our return of our death cafe. We have a death cafe in Fredericton, and we just um, were meeting last week about the return of the death expo. And sometimes people will say the what, like you're saying death, and they've even told us that we need to change the name of it, and it's like no we're not changing we're not changing the name of it so again, some of these projects they're just fun and exciting, and that lends to the the freedom that comes with being an entrepreneur if if you like creativity and freedom and and the ability you know the independence of working on your own um then entrepreneurship is is probably a great field for you and nurses can do that because nurses can 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 have
0: their own business. I want to thank you, Karen, for this delightful, really delightful conversation. But everything that you have talked to us about what you're doing is such important work, and it's back to finding your right path. And from the sounds of the story, you've found your right path. And nursing is all the better for it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of season two of Nurses Voices. We look forward to seeing you in future episodes. Until then, we encourage you to view previous episodes from this season and from our first season. I'm sure you'll find them interesting. You can view and listen to Nurses' Voices on a variety of platforms, including YouTube and Apple podcasts. And remember, if you want to give us any feedback, please connect with us through nursesvoices.ca and remember to sign up for our e-newsletter. Nurses' Voices is sponsored by Pfizer Canada. It is created by Donna Mueller. It is produced by Sector Limited. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association.